You are now listening to The Shyest Podcast, when millions of opinions just aren't enough. fireworks in the snow in Orchard Park as the Buffalo Bills put it all together on the last drive of the game and beat the Dolphins 32-29. to And now, my Buffalo Blues. Hello, Bills Mafia. It's no longer Victory Sunday because the Bills played on Saturday. But... It was such a big game, such an important game, that we're going to just roll it right on over into Victory Monday. And then everything uh, will be fine. Anyway, it was a crazy game. Of course it was. I had to record it because I was not uh, available to watch it live. I ended up being able to see the first half at uh, dinner. But, of course... If I record a primetime game, it's going to be as crazy as possible. And this one lived up to that billing for sure. And it was just a crazy game. It was the first time all season that I felt like legitimately stressed watching the game. And maybe it's because it was late at night and, you know, I knew that the result of the game was already decided and I was just waiting to see what happened. But it was a big game too. Like, even though the Bills won this game, it doesn't guarantee the division, so it, that wasn't riding on this game. But in terms of this rivalry and how much uh, smack the Dolphins fans were talking after they met in week three, you know, it was a big game. Uh, maybe even more for the fan bases than it was for the Bills, because the Bills are going to go to the playoffs regardless. They were going to have the lead in the division regardless of this, but. It was kind of a, a prove-it, get-back game. Uh, they got the one against the Jets already, and now this was going to be that other one in order to just put that stamp on the division and like let the rest of the division know that it does have to go through Orchard Park. And as the Bills try to keep pace for that number one seed in the AFC, that's going to be important too. And... This is a late season game, so you kind of saw some of the the weather stuff come into play, and that's kind of what home field is about. And oddly enough, you know, there was rumors that this game was going to get moved off of Saturday because of the snow. And that's it's crazy to think that. But nonetheless, it had already happened once this season, so it wouldn't be completely out of the question. But the grounds crew at the stadium did a great job getting the field ready to play and by the time the game started uh, it didn't really even look like it had snowed at all there was definitely snow in the stands because you could see it with the snowballs flying onto the field and they had to stop the game and I, I didn't have the volume on at this point because I'm at the restaurant but I can see that they stopped the game and they were in delay until the fans stopped throwing snowballs and I've seen this happen before in another game many years ago where they would basically enforce some kind of penalty on the home team if the crowd didn't end up behaving and during a dead play 
or after a touchdown celebration and you're gonna maybe throw some stuff on the field like you know i i sort of understand it but at the same time you know you got players out there if one of these snowballs like hits him in the face or something if you cause an injury due to throwing a snowball on the field like then it really just looks like an act that is very selfish and i'm sure people were having a good time were drinking pre-gaming because it was cold uh it was very very cold so like i'm not surprised but i also didn't want to see something happen like while a play was going on and see a snowball come flying in and hit somebody like i just don't need that that's uncalled for and i'll i'll hang my hat on that um i'm not gonna vilify anybody that was there and that got into it because yeah when the bill score a touchdown you want to throw snowballs in the air and just like have a party like i totally get that and it's just if you're throwing stuff onto the field like that's never really something you want to do at a sporting event so that said none of that snow was really on the field for the beginning of the game and so it was really just cold it wasn't the kind of like terrible conditions that were expected it wasn't really slick so much out there because they cleared the field and there really wasn't snow on the field <clears throat> at least in the beginning uh, but eventually there was snow and we got the kind of winter wonderland game that i think we i think we were hoping for i mean i think even some dolphins fans were hoping for it a little bit because they wanted to prove in the snow that their team was the better team they didn't want uh to have the excuse of oh we lost because of weather right like that's what coach mike mcdaniel was preaching like more snow more cold he wanted to go in there and beat the bills in their environment i respect that a lot and i saw what tua had to say after the game and you know i had to respect what he had to say and he played well the dolphins played well there's there's no question about that in both of the games so far this season it's been close because the dolphins are a good team and they they ran into some some tough matchups for them in particular and what i was surprised at is that we didn't see a lot of the bills playing the kind of coverages that we saw out of san francisco and the chargers like there was no physicality really with the receivers at the line at least not as much as I had hoped for but one of the bright signs that came out of that was that Kyrie Elam came into the game had a tackle for a loss had three solo tackles um, had a pass defended a big one too uh, against Tyreek Hill on a screenplay so I I like that necessity dictated that he come into the game and play and it was really nice to have him uh, out there because I think he enjoys the physical elements of it and he's not intimidated in that way so that's something that the Bills definitely need and I don't want to say that their secondary is necessarily in trouble but there was a lot of signs of uh, some problems and I mean the Dolphins are a hard team to match up with right like they're really fast but Jalen Waddle you know had three catches for 114 yards so his his uh, yards per catch is massive uh but he was targeted seven times and only caught three of those so you know they only really got burned on those three catches and they kept hill mostly in check on 13 targets and 
uh, nine catches for less than 70 yards, but he did have a touchdown too. Um, so they kind of dared Miami to run the ball, which is what I wanted them to do. Force Miami to, they're one of the worst running teams in the league. So, you know, sell out to stop the biggest threats and then make Mostert have to beat you. And at one point in the game, he was doing it. Uh, he had 17 carries for 136 yards, and he didn't score on the one drive that I'm thinking of, but it was uh, Ahmed who came in and finished off that touchdown run and looked good in the process, and the Bills were missing a lot of tackles. I don't see that listed here on the ESPN stat sheet in terms of missed tackles, but there was a lot of them, especially in the first half, and... I mean, the weather has something to do with that. Like, you're kind of so cold that when you make impact, it's kind of bounce off. Like, you see it a little bit both ways. Um, but I'm here to assess, like, how the Bills played, not so much how the Dolphins played. But I want to give credit to the Dolphins because if I say that they suck and I, I don't respect them as an opponent, then this win doesn't mean anything. But the fact that the Dolphins are actually good and that they pushed the Bills as much as they did says more about the Bills being able to win the game the way that they did it. And I'm going to get into that right now. Because in the first half, like, despite it being freezing cold, um, the efficiency was off the charts. It was some of the best football, probably offensively, the Bills have played all season. Um, they punted on their first drive of the game, five plays. So they exchange punts. They get down 3 uh, nothing on the field goal. And then they go touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. First uh, one of those drives, Allen went three for three for 72 yards, finds the touchdown to Quentin Morris, puts him up 7-3. Dolphins respond with a field goal. The second drive, for the, well, the, technically the third drive for the Bills, but the second touchdown drive, they go 12 plays, 75 yards. Uh, Allen finds Hines here on a 10-yarder, but on that drive as well, Allen is... 7 of 7 for 64 yards. Uh, the Bills run the ball four times for 16 yards, and they run it twice on first down, which I love to see. And we'll get again, we'll come back to that later and why I love to see it. But <clears throat> Miami responds because they're a good team. They get down into scoring range, and about three minutes left in the game, they punch in that uh, aforementioned Ahmad touchdown. 11-yard run, uh, definitely, if, if I could see the stat sheet from missed tackles, um, then I would be able to give you a better idea, but I could see it with my eyes. <laughs> so I think a lot of people watching the game would definitely take a look at that. I think the Bills are 100% going to look at the tape and see why they missed tackles. And it's something that I've seen in a number of games this year where uh, it's a little bit about pursuit angles. Like They come down and they collapse and don't respect the speed to the edge, and then once they get beat, it's a big play. Or they're coming down into the hole a little bit too quickly rather than maybe kind of bracketing that lane to force to help. So it is what it is, um, but all things considered... Bill's defense, uh, you know, they gave up 29 points. So can I really say that they played really well? I don't know. They played better in the second half. They had their moments. They got outscored in the second half, but they seemed to tighten up down the stretch when it mattered the most. And if you look at the second half, uh, the Dolphins did have their two touchdowns. But after that second touchdown, it was three and out, five and out, five and out. And 
that gave the Bills the opportunity to win the game. So the defense, although they struggled in certain uh, containments and they got run over a little bit, that's kind of what you were hoping for. That's what I was hoping for. When I previewed this game, I was like, you could let Mostert have to beat you with, you know, a monster game. And he had a monster game, but the Bills won. So you didn't let Tyreek Hill beat you, and that was the important part. So anyway, the uh, the third drive of that first half for the Bills goes uh, 12 plays, 82 yards this time, and ends with that crazy scramble drill that we saw Basically, the one uh, was against the Patriots. Basically the same play, but this time it was Cook in the back of the end zone who stops, makes a little bit of room. Allen's rolling right, looking like he might go out of bounds, and chucks it into the end zone, finds Cook. And that play's resulted in an interception a bunch of times this season as well, especially inside the red zone. And it was uh, kind of a theme when they were losing games. So... Whatever they did in their route breakdown drills, when Allen breaks the pocket right inside the red zone, you've got these guys responding and finding openings for him to throw the ball. And it's resulted in some really important touchdowns in really important games. So it looks like, at least for the time being, that they have uh, fixed that issue. Uh, it still seems like teams are going to want to force him to the right sideline and then have to throw back across his body where all the trail defense is coming from. But great play, last play of the half, puts the Bills up 21-3, and then they get the ball to start the second half, and it's like, oh, man, they're up 21, excuse me, 21-13. And it looks like they might be cruising at that point uh, because Miami, you know, they got a couple field goals, they got a touchdown, but the Bills are touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. They're playing really well. And... If you look at Allen in the first half, 17 of 23, 214 yards, three touchdowns. And they, as a team, had run the ball nine times for 36 yards. So not amazing, but efficient and had three first down runs as well. So understanding that we have a first down, we want to run the ball, start the clock, play good football. Then they get the ball to start the second half, three and out. And it's like, oh, no, what happened here? They throw the ball first play of the second half they get nine yards out of it and then Singletary loses three on the follow-up run and then on third and four incomplete to Davis they're off the field so I would have preferred to see them run the ball first and then throw that little short middle ball to Singletary because if you're what second and 14 you're all right if you're in, if you're in third and four I mean, the defense knows Bills are not going to run the ball in third and four. So, whatever. Not great start to the second half. And it gets worse when the Dolphins score their touchdown. And that was Jalen Waddell on that 67-yarder. And Jalen Waddell is fast. Having him and Tyreek Hill is a nasty combination. And if you cannot get to Tua and you cannot get him off the ball, they're trouble. And you saw it in this game. And... We all know that the Bills have a good defense. They have a good secondary. I mean, I'm going to cut Tredavious White some slack because, excuse me, because, you know, he's coming back from the knee injury, so I'm sure he feels well. He feels good enough to play, but, you know, can he run with Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill at this point? Probably not. He's looked kind of slow out there a little bit in some of the games so far. It doesn't mean I don't want him out there. I want him out there for his mind. 
You know, he can be a little bit slow, but it's his intelligence at the position. And you saw it, he actually almost came away, I think, with two picks in this game uh, as well, jumping out routes. So that's what I want him for. It's like if he gets beat deep, you know, in a foot race with Tyreek Hill, he was probably going to get beat deep even if he wasn't recovering from knee surgery. He's probably going to get beat by Waddle in a one-on-one -on -one foot race even if he isn't recovering from that. That's what the safety help is for. So I'm not even upset with that. Um, Trey is starting to get better in a game like this as well against this kind of deep threat is actually going to make him better. So I think by the time playoffs roll around, he will have had what like two months of starting at that point so he'll be back up to full game speed uh for playoffs and I'm, I'm not worried about it it was just something that i had my eye on because i wanted to see how the matchups were it was something that in the kansas city games last year where it was like oh we didn't have trey white in the playoffs that's why this happened in the playoff game it's just, you know, Tyreek Hill's a bad matchup for the Bills. It is what it is. We've seen it for years at this point, and that said, the Bills contained him pretty well. I think he had, what, nine catches for uh, 69 yards? So definitely a lot of catches, uh, but the Bills only allowed him to catch underneath, and they rallied, and his long was only 20, and he had 13 targets. So they more or less allowed him to catch the ball underneath and rallied to the spot, which was kind of the game plan, I think, against Kansas City with containing him as well. So honestly, totally fine with that. Um, but the Bills go three and out to start the half. To get back to the point, uh, yeah, that three and out to start the half wasn't great. And then the Miami touchdown makes it 19 to 21 off that 67 yarder from Waddle. And now it's a ball game again. So right when it looked like the Bills might step on the gas and kind of leave Miami in the dust, it's a ball game. It's a two-point game. And then the Bills get the ball back, and they punt again. And it's five plays this time. And this drive is important because looking back at the Jets game as well, I want to say, um, there was a lot of offensive line penalties. And I know people uh, had brought up that the O-line sucks, and it's about the sacks, and, you know, most of the time when the Bills get run on for 100-plus like they did in this game, and Allen gets sacked more than three times, they lose. I'm pretty sure in games where they've given up over 100 yards on the ground, and he gets sacked at least three times, they, don't, they haven't won dating back to 2020. So you can't have both of those things exist in the same game. And so... Like, it may be actually better for the Bills to just take the holding penalties here. But I want to go through this one particular drive because they get down to um, third and two here at the Miami 33. And then Quisenberry, who's playing for Bates, gets caught for a hold on third and two. So now it's third and 12, and you're at the Miami 43. And it's cold. The snow is starting to come down later in the game. I don't know if it was snowing at this point in the... Uh, third quarter yet but nonetheless it's not conditions you want to kick in from 50 plus if you can avoid it so being at the 43 that's already a 50 yard field goal next play Saffold false start so it makes goes from third and two to third and 12 to third and 17 and then on the third and 17 Saffold gets hit with the holding again 
So you, there's two holding penalties on this, and Saffold gets hit with back-to-back -back penalties, and just it was declined because the ball was incomplete to force the fourth down, but even though it wasn't a penalty that was enforced, it was an infraction that was committed, and Allen did not get sacked at all in the first half. And so you can see the Miami starting to ratchet up the pressure a little bit there, and they're starting to find uh, the weaknesses. And you saw, like, Rick Bates left the first Miami game with a concussion. Spencer Brown was out. So you had replacements along that right side again, and they got to Allen. I think they sacked him four times in the first matchup, and that was a big part of the reason that the Bills didn't win that game. Um, nonetheless, uh, the Bills punt, but the defense comes out and steps up, forces a punt. Okay, so the Bills get the ball back. Three and out again. So that's not a good that's not a good thing in the second half. And I'm not looking at here, I'll I have it pulled up because I was like, I want to be more astute with my data. And so the Bills went three and out one, two, three, four times in the Jets game last week. And in this game, they only went three and out twice, but they're both in the second half. And they were both to uh, two of the first three drives of the second half. But they punted on all four of their first drives to start the second half. So you had an eight-point lead in the ball to start the second half. And you can't even get a field goal uh, on any of your four first drives. And it's like all that efficiency they had to start the game had gone out the window. So good adjustments by Miami at halftime. I haven't really had a chance to like sit down and watch it again because I've watched it in two halves to begin with. And I just... Honestly, I do not have the time. So, Bills punt again um, on that three and out. Miami comes back and scores a touchdown on the next drive, and that's the one to Tyreek Hill. And now they're up 26-21. And the third quarter is winding down. So, all that offensive inefficiency to start the second half has added up at that point. Bills are struggling a little bit. Momentum has gone over to the Miami sideline. And the Bills get the ball back after that touchdown, and that's their fourth punt. And so five plays, four punts. And this one had an incomplete pass that was challenged and upheld as incomplete. And they just they seemed like completely out of rhythm. And I don't know if I don't know what happened at halftime. Um, but I would I would have wanted them to run the ball a little bit more. They had two first down runs, um, but they ran only a couple times on the first four possessions, and you know what? They couldn't get it done, so it is what it is. They get the ball. They punt. They're down 26-21, but they, they force a punt. They force a Miami three and out, so big play by the defense right at the end of the third quarter. Bills get the ball back with like 14... Uh, 14.45 or so on the clock. So, first play. Bills are at midfield at two. So they, they pin Miami deep. They force the punt. Morstead doesn't get off a good punt. Bills, uh, the ball's downed at midfield. Okay, so you haven't run the ball well. Uh, you have the ball at your own 49-yard line to start the fourth quarter. Get the clock started. Run the ball. Do you think they do that? No, of course not. Allen gets sacked, and he fumbles. And this is Christian Wilkins that recovers. And thankfully, there's no return, so they get it at midfield. Um, but it was a play where, like, it's first and 10 at the 49, and 
Like, Allen's in the pocket looking downfield way too long. Like, it looked like they were looking for a home run ball on that, on that, uh, that first play. And, you know, it's something that I've, I've noticed in this offense a lot that, you know, they don't really want to take the underneath stuff. Like, they look downfield. They look for the jugular a lot. And, you know, when it works, it works. When it doesn't, it doesn't. And this is a situation where it's like Allen drops back. He's buying time. He moves up in the pocket. And uh, Phillips, who ends up coming away with the strip sack, like he got pushed way off the play. Allen moves back up in the pocket and he's looking way downfield and he's loading up to throw the ball. And that's where that uh, strip sack comes from. So it's just weird that on first and 10, you're going to take like an end zone shot or you're going to look 20 to 30 yards downfield, like especially with a kicker like Bass and you're down five and it's the beginning of the fourth quarter. Like there's so many there's so many different roads there. Like I just I don't understand the the instinct to want to take that shot right there, especially with the way the offense has been moving in the second half. At that point, you have four straight punts and then you get into a fumble. I, I don't understand why you wouldn't want to just like make things easier. Hand the ball off on first down, see what happens. If you get something great, if not, you're still at midfield. Then try and get half the distance back or hit something for seven yards or something. Not everything has to be 20 yards downfield. Um, I mean, I, they brought Cole Beasley back into this offense to be that guy, and he ended up having a catch for nine yards, but situational football is important, and... It's just been a weird area where they've struggled and it seemed to be a struggle for them again in the second half here. And after the fumble at midfield, Miami has the ball. And fortunately, the Bills defense stepped up late in the game when they needed it the most. And I'm going to be perfectly honest. I don't remember which plays they happened on, but the Bills 100% got away with a couple of pass interference plays that were not called 100% and as a Bills fan I wanted them to win the game so I'll let it slide but there was a couple where it's like yeah that's PI they should have called that and the Bills were the beneficiary of one later in the game that helped as well so I can understand Miami fans being pissed about that there was at least one of them where uh, they're kind of like running to the sideline, and I, I think it's Tyreek Hill. He stops, and he's trying to come back to the ball as both guy as the defender's trailing him to the sideline. So that's almost like a, a hip check right there in hockey, right? He's letting the guy's momentum run into him and then stopping. So, you know, it's kind of hard to throw the flag there, but the way that the NFL is conditioned to throw that um, kind of like that comeback penalty where you just let the defender run into you and like you reach for the ball like that's been automatic basically in the NFL for the last couple of years so it's just weird not to see it and if I was a Dolphins fan and I saw that I'd be pissed so whatever <laughs> it happened you know uh, you know it sucks but it was a good game regardless and the Dolphins still have the ball in this situation there's you know 12 minutes left in the fourth quarter they get the ball at midfield Bills defense steps up, plays well. They hold Miami to a field goal, which ends up being probably the defensive stand of the game. I mean, I know there's another one after this, but this one mattered the most because it kept the game at eight. And then the Bills, with their backs against the wall, they did what they had to do. 
and they found that rhythm that was kind of lacking and they did it a lot on the ground and one of the things that I looked at in this game uh, in particular in this matchup in particular was that if the conditions start to get bad or if the conditions were bad as I thought they were gonna be I thought it was gonna be snowing the whole game but if the conditions were to get sloppy the biggest baddest power back on the field wears number 17 for the Bills so it's gonna be important to have him involved in the run game especially when the conditions get bad so the first play of the following drive they run the ball with Allen uh, it's just like a design run off guard to the right and he fumbles again and I'm like oh my god my heart can't take this and fortunately it was recovered by Brown they dive on it and what I really am happy about is that that didn't uh, scare Dorsey and the offense off of Allen still being the primary running back in this situation because I understand like you don't want to run him like throughout the whole rest of the game if you don't have to he's the guy he's the money he's the franchise if he gets hurt you're definitely in trouble so your back is against the wall now's the time for Allen to put the team on his back and we've seen it before we saw it in this game we'll see it again because it's what Josh Allen does and after that fumble uh they handed off to Cook I think they were like okay we got to be careful here and we don't want to risk you know doing this on back-to-back plays so we're going to give it to Cook he gets 16. uh fantastic moment there and they get the first down and then Allen runs again and this was the the monster 44 yarder so this is the Josh Allen that you want to have happen, right? This is the Josh Allen that has kind of made the Bills uh, America's team, for lack of a better term. Uh, this is the kind of stuff that people want to see out of Josh Allen. And he puts the team on his back when it matters. And then on the very next play, after that 44-yard run down to the Miami 13, uh, he keeps it again for five yards. And on this play, there's a moment he gets shoved like as he's going out of bounds. Um, and let's just be real, he embellished it. And he got the flag. So, I mean, he knows what he's doing. I've seen him do it before. It's just, I can understand again, if you're a Dolphins fan or if you're a fan of any other team that hates the Bills, watching him do that is very frustrating. But he was contacted out of bounds after uh, the play was over. And you can see it in the replay as he kind of, he sprints and then he slows up. So it's like the collision is gonna happen and he's big, he's strong, he knows he can take it. He knows it doesn't even matter to him. So the contact happens, you see him, he flops a little bit. Let's just be real about it. He flops, he gets the call, the Bills get the ball at the four yard line. So I could understand, like if you're a Dolphins fan, you probably want to smash your TV right now because you can't believe what you're seeing happen. And <laughs> nonetheless, uh, Allen goes incomplete to Diggs on that first uh, first and four from the four-yard line. I don't know why they don't want to run the ball there. They've just run it twice with great success. Just turn around and give it to one of your running backs. It's first and four, but they don't. Um, but the snow is falling. 
you give Allen the ball again, negative yardage on the next one. That's why you run it on first down. But nonetheless, they're still third and goal at the Miami five. And this was the, uh, the touchdown pass to Knox. And then I'm pretty sure that if I remember the sequence correctly, they score and then they, what did they do? Did they, they, I don't know if they hurried up or whatever, but they, they caught Miami in a weird uh, too many men on the field penalty, which gave them a second shot at, not a second shot, but a better shot at the conversion. Um, and this was an Allen keeper as well. He just kind of like plods left and then hops up, sticks the ball out, and the ball gets hit out of his hands right at the goal line, and it looks like a fumble. And so, I mean, there's nine minutes left in the game. Even if they don't convert that there, and the Bills are down 29-27, like, that's still survivable. The, f- the field goal that ended up winning the game, uh, spoiler alert, that field goal would have been enough to win the game either way. So, whether or not uh, that actually was a successful two-point conversion didn't matter that much, but it would have put the Bills behind the ball. They still needed the same drive in the same situation to win the game, so not not the end of the world, but uh, he did break the plane. It was very, very close, um, but he did get it, so the game's tied at 29. Dolphins get the ball. There's uh, nine minutes left in the game. And the Bills defense comes and does what they're supposed to do. They get pressure on Tua. They get hit with an illegal shift penalty. And uh, Morstead punts. And he punts the Bills down to their own seven-yard line. And it has to be fair caught by Hines in the snow because you just can't take the risk catching it that deep. you got to do what you got to do. And with the game being tied, it's not worth risking a fumble on the return. So you just got to try and secure that catch. He did the right thing. And then the Bills put together maybe my favorite Bills drive of the whole season and stuck at their own seven. Of course, they're throwing on first down because they're the Bills. And he completes it to Gabe Davis for 14. So one of the other things that I previewed for this game was that in the condition of snow, we know that Josh can throw the ball. Snow is not what I'm afraid of if I'm the Bills. Or, as a Bills fan, I don't fear snow. I fear rain. Because that slick ball messes with a lot more than the snow. Like, as long as it's cold enough, the snow has not been the biggest issue for Josh. Um, And he's shown that he can zip it in the snow. So, let it it snow. Let it snow. Let it snow. Uh, And it did. And you notice that the Dolphins punted three times in a row at the end of the game. And the Bills had two very big, important drives at the end of the game in the snow. So, back to this drive that I loved. So, they hit Davis for 14 on the first one. And then, on first and 10, rather than run the ball from the 21, they, they want to throw again. Allen gets sacked for 8 yards. And Saffold gets hit for holding again. So this is, what, the third holding penalty on Saffold, or at least the third penalty of the game in general on Saffold. So he's having a rough night. Penalty is declined because of the loss of yardage, so it sets him up in second and 18. And then Allen finds Davis again, 15 yards. And then he connects with Diggs to get that first down. So first and 10, 
I think they learned their lesson after the sack on the previous first and 10 because they seem to go straight into run the football mode after that. And I, I can't pretend like I didn't love to see that. Uh, so on the following first and 10, they give it to Singletary, he gets two. Second and eight at their own 36, they give it to Singletary again, he gets six. So now you're in third and two. You can run a sweep. You can run a quarterback keeper here. You can run some short out route. Like you have so many options at third and two. And they find Isaiah McKenzie for the first down. Now they're first down at about midfield, the 47, their own 47, I should say. And what do they do? They give it to Singletary again. He gets eight this time. So now you have the Miami defense on their heels because Singletary is able to get yardage in the run game and set you up in second and two. Like now you can play action off of that. You can do so many different things from a second and two situation. They give it to Singletary again. He gets seven. So now they're like, they're really running the ball well. First and 10, Singletary again, four yards. Then they finally decide to throw the ball. Ball gets tipped at the line of scrimmage on second and six from the Miami 34. So they're in like long field goal range there. Second and six, they don't want to run it. They want to try and convert that first down and get a new set of downs. Okay, I get that. Pass gets tipped. Third and six at the 34. They go deep left to McKenzie, which, again, it's a third and six, and you're at your own 34. I don't know necessarily why you want to throw a ball 20 yards down the field here. Uh especially like with the game on the line. I mean, I guess it's tied, so it's not the end of the world. Maybe they trust Bass to kick like a 51, 52 yarder in the snow. That's still asking a lot. Um, but he throws a deep ball to the left. McKenzie gets his head around. He sees it's gonna be short, so he turns around and he draws that uh, pass interference call that we've talked about. Stops, comes back. Defender blatantly pass interferes with him there, basically shoves him out of the air onto the ground. They, so they gained 21 yards there down to the Miami 13. Singletary again, two yards. Forced Miami to call timeout. I love it. Second and eight, Singletary runs for seven yards. Forced Miami to call that timeout again. And this was that play where uh, Singletary, he ran the ball. He looked like he was about to score a touchdown, and he just went down. But he didn't even get the first down there. But... It did make Miami call their last timeout, and that, I think, was the goal of that play in the first place. And it's the kind of situational awareness that I really want to see, not just in him going down, but in the Bills in general, deciding to run the ball in that situation and not do Miami any favors. So they force Miami to call that timeout. On third and one, Allen takes the knee, and Buffalo calls a timeout with two seconds left on the clock. So what it did, that whole sequence just allowed the Bills to control the clock. They went from having uh, six minutes left in the game to two seconds. So they really showed like good situational awareness, good clock management, uh, good understanding of what's bitten them in the past. Because they, what they don't want to do is give Miami the ball with a timeout and 30 seconds left because... They've already given up some big plays to this Miami team. They respect Miami, and I appreciate that they respected their opponent enough to put the game in the hands of their kicker on a short yardage kick and just say that this is how we're going to choose to try and win this game. If we miss and we go to overtime, it's in the snow. We'll deal with that when we get there, but we want to give our guys a chance to end the game as regulation ends and... Bass hit the 25-yarder, and it was great to see like the whole team basically out there um, wiping away the snow, trying to give Bass enough room to kick the ball comfortably. Uh, 
it, it was a team effort to get the uh, the plant foot landing area all taken care of, and he put it through to win the game. And Miami was even offsides because they needed to block that so desperately, but uh, it didn't end up mattering. So, Bills get the job done on a fantastic drive to end the game. Uh, I think there's definitely stuff to look at in terms of how they would want to play Miami moving forward, but you've just avenged the two division losses that you had, and you won a very intense game that was just crazy to watch unfold in the last quarter uh, in the snow, especially because it's like, this is the game that I thought we were all promised the whole time. And it finally delivered, delivered in a big way. It did show that the Dolphins are going to struggle in the snow as they did here to end this game. Yeah, so on their last, let me just quickly look over the Dolphins' last three possessions as the snow began to fall. So they, let me see, do, 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 do. No, they didn't, I'm sorry, they did not punt on three consecutive possessions. They punted on two of their last three possessions and their final possession. They had the field goal on the play, uh, the possession before. But when the fourth quarter started, like the Bills had that fumble, or Miami, excuse me, they punted to start the fourth quarter. Then the Bills fumbled. Then Miami had the field goal. Then Miami punted again, and then they never got the ball back. So one of those punts bridged. It, it technically happened to start the fourth quarter, but the drive didn't start in that quarter. So we'll call it uh, two and one and a half punts and a field goal in the fourth quarter. But... Um, the Bills touchdown drive to tie the game, you know, seven plays, 75 yards, three minutes, and then that final drive to go 15 plays, 86 yards, five minutes, 56 seconds. Like, that was a beautiful, beautiful drive. They ran the ball. They played exceptional on that drive. And even though the second half wasn't pretty the entire way, um, they got it done when they needed it. And on that final drive, Allen was four of five passing for 40 yards. He got sacked the one time, uh, but they also ran the ball eight times for 34 yards. And of all of the drives, Singletary finished the game with 42 yards, but I'm pretty sure he had uh, 37 of his rushing. Yeah, he was seven carries for 37 yards on that drive. So he's averaging better than five yards a carry on that final drive. And, you know, that's the kind of stuff you want to see at the end of games, like understanding control, giving the ball to your running back, and one of the other things, uh, James Cook, who ended up catching a touchdown pass, and I think he only had a couple of catches on the day, but that one was huge, and well, that was one of his two catches was that touchdown. But he ran the ball five times for 34 yards, so he's averaging uh, more than six yards a carry. Um, so, like, the Bills ran the ball effectively. Allen, as a designed run guy... I said that all weird, but uh, on designed runs that weren't scrambles, Allen ran the ball nine times for 76 yards. So the Bills ran for 149 yards just on designed run plays. And he only scrambled once, at least like in everything that I checked. I, I always go through the game. I go play by play. I look at uh, every single detail that is listed and like it's just a little bit faster than rewatching the game and doing it that way um so there could be like a thing here or there that is uh, inconsistent but i'm looking at 
for what I call true passes and true runs. And so in terms of true runs, the Bills ran it 28 times. In terms of true passes, they passed it um, 30, excuse me, not 39. That's not the right number. They had 39 passing attempts, two sacks, that's 41. One scramble, that's 42. So 28 runs, 42 passes, that's about 40%. Um, so that's pretty damn good. Uh, I, have, I have no problem with that. That's right in that Goldilocks zone. And you saw how efficient they were in the first half. I mean, the last two drives of the half, they, they had four carries and three carries, but uh, still basically ran it uh, two to one. So you're looking at like a 66 to 33 type of split for when the Bills are being really their most efficient. Both of those drives at the end of the first half were 12 plays. Um, they didn't have a ton of rushing yards on it, but it, it keeps the defense honest. Um, and that's, uh, I don't know, that's pretty much it. I don't know what else I have to say. It looked like Milano was still dealing with whatever injury um, was bugging him. I mean, he did have eight tackles. He had three solo tackles. He had a half a sack. He had a quarterback hit. But there was a couple plays, especially early in the game, where it just looked like he maybe wasn't full speed. So I don't know how bad that injury is or what it may look like long term. Terrence Johnson also came away with a, a big pass deflection and a tackle for a loss uh Tredavious White ended up with three so even though like he he's not going to match speed in a straight line with these guys he still ended up with three tackles uh three solo tackles and three passes deflected which is really damn good so I don't want to like sell him short but I'm just saying that him playing uh his best football I think is still to come so that's a positive Kair Elam came in with three tackles a tackle for a loss and a pass def defended I think at some point by the end of the season, it will be him and White out there as the top two guys, just because Elam's so big and he's so physical that that's something that you're really going to need. And it's not a knock against Dane Jackson or um, Christian Benford or any of those guys, but, you know, they drafted Elam in the first round for a reason. So I think in a game like that where it really mattered and his physicality ended up being an important factor in the game i think that's going to i think that's going to be important as the playoffs roll around so something to keep an eye on the bills only came away with two sacks in this game uh, but the dolphins like i think Tua gets the ball out faster than any other quarterback so they really don't want him sitting in the pocket and getting uh, hit or sacked, but the Bills ended up with six pass deflections as a team, four quarterback hits, three tackles for loss. So even though they gave up 29 points, uh, two or three through for 234 and two touchdowns, like solid, efficient, good quarterback play day. I mean, he was like a little bit uh, over 50% completions. Um, and I saw something interesting of a Dolphins fan saying that the rivalry is reborn and he was pointing out like Tua's combined numbers for both games. And I was like, yeah, but you're forgetting that like Josh Allen threw for 304 touchdowns in one game. And Tua, I think, has three touchdowns and like a little bit, maybe over 400 yards in both games combined. So just, just recognize what's happening out there <laughs> and, you know, give both of these guys their credit. Tua is better than a lot of the detractors want to believe and the, like what the sales pitch was in the offseason that he's not a good quarterback I don't believe that like is he on the elite level of the Herberts and the Allens and the Holmes type like no he's not but he doesn't necessarily have to be and he's still good so I don't think I don't think those things need to be mutually exclusive um 
Mostert, if you had him in fantasy, that was a big day for Mostert. And Dawson Knox. Seeing Dawson Knox here get a 45-yarder plus uh, eight targets, six catches, almost 100 yards. He had the touchdown this week. He had the big touchdown last week. To see that Dawson Knox is starting to factor into how the Bills want to play offense is very nice to see. It's this thing that's kind of like been missing from their offense. Like when are they going to really start getting Knox involved? And it, if I'm not mistaken, I think they opened up both this game and the Jets game with passes to Dawson Knox. And you know what? Whatever. I'm sitting here. I might as well just look it up while I'm talking. Um, but it, it says that, hey, you know what we want to do? We want to get this guy involved. We want to get him involved early. And we want to make sure that Knox uh, knows that we want to get him involved. So that's important. Um, yes, the first play of the Jets game that the Bills ran. Well, it was the first play of that game in general. But Allen passed to Knox for six yards. So... I think pretty similar actually to the play that they ran at the beginning of this game, which is kind of like a flat route, like uh, something like that. And uh, this time he hit Knox for 11. I don't remember the exact route. Um, I was really tired that day. I had like five, six hours of sleep, had to get up, do film club. Then it was football all day, that bunch of crazy games. Then plans at night, get home, force feed myself that Bills game late at night. Um, and like yeah I was stressed out but it was the good kind of stress where like oh my god this is important football being played again like oh man it, it feels good but it feels good in a weird way like it, it's good to be stressed and it's good well it, sorry let me let me dial that back a little bit it's not good to be stressed but if the reason that I am feeling stressed in the moment is because the bills are playing meaningful football in December that's a good thing because like in my life I'm not stressed out because of that but in watching the game I'm feeling that stress and I can only imagine what everybody was feeling in that building so I really hope everybody got home safe um, I hope everybody enjoyed the game and uh, I don't know when I'm gonna be back for this I have to look at the schedule uh, most likely it's gonna be the day after Christmas but because I'm not going to do another show between then, I want to wish everybody who celebrates it a uh, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, whatever you're celebrating this holiday season. If you don't celebrate anything, that's cool too. Um, just I hope you get to enjoy time with friends, family, loved ones. Be safe, be responsible, be smart. Um, and that's it. Take care, everybody. Go Bills. Thanks to everyone who took the time to listen to this episode. I still believe that word of mouth is the best way to help, so if you enjoyed it, please tell somebody. But liking, subscribing, and sharing go a long way too. This show is an extension of thescheist.com, and you can contact me at info at or at Podcast on Twitter. And until next time, be well, stay safe, and go Bills.